This is episode 72. <laughs> you did. You competed? Uh-huh. You did your two rounds? Oh, yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. As did I. I was first. Oh, you went first. I went first. Do you... There was an icy stare across the table. We're not allowed to know. We're not allowed to know. Okay. Good morning, Gus, first of all. So we're not allowed to know. Andrew had this idea. He Uh wants to do this trivia competition in (laughs) face. Mm -hmm. And It started, and here's how it was posed to me when we started doing it. Oh, we're going to do this trivia competition. It's a tournament to find out who's the dumbest. Uh, And also also who's the smartest. And it's like, I think it's clearly not who's the smartest. So the goal is don't be last. Uh-huh. So it's like a three-round thing uh-huh. where it's going to be me, Gavin, uh, Gracie, Eric, and Nick yep. competing. Andrew is, I guess, the... Uh, He's exempt from this? Very interesting, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so he had each of us, the first round, he had each of us individually with him play two rounds of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and then bank the money that you made from the two rounds. So we're not allowed to know how everybody else did. Gotcha. And we're going to find out when we record, I think Friday. So is whoever has the least money the stupidest? Whoever has the least amount of money is eliminated from the competition and then we go to the next round where we're not allowed to know what the competition is or what we're playing. Mm. All we know is that one of us is going to be eliminated this week and whoever it is, it's the dumbest. I don't want to know where you think you finished. Except, do you think that you are at the bottom? No. Me neither. I don't think so. I don't think so The person at the bottom doesn't think they're at the bottom. I'm just going to say that right now. It's true. I predicted in my recording, Andrew asked, who do you think's at the bottom? And I said, I think it's Nick. And it's not because of his smarts. It's because he picked, he got two in his head. He picked the wrong category. He got a weird question and he he did good on one round. And the third question, he's fucking out on the second. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I will say this. That would be the most Nick thing in the world. I will say this. I didn't play to win. I played it safe. Really? I played to advance. Oh, Interesting. That's how you that's how you fucking lose. Maybe. That's the prevent defense of who wants to be a millionaire. You Maybe. can't trust <laughs> the prevent defense. Maybe. No, that's I'm that's telling you. it's entirely possible, Gus. I'm You're telling right. You. I, it is entirely possible that I have shot myself in the foot. Yep. We'll find out. Hey, so we went to the Uptown Sports Club. Uh, last episode, we went to Radio East, uh, where it was cold. It, it was warm that day. <laughs> it was it was cold. No, it was warm and then that it morning. Was hot. <laughs> it was it was really warm. And yeah. then like we came back to the office, and then I stepped outside to get something from my car. I was like, oh shit, it's yeah. fucking freezing. And now. that's where it began. The cold front happened on the drive back from that coffee shop. Yes. Yeah. Yep. It was wild because we were like people. I saw in the in the comments, people were bitching like, I really, it's really annoying to hear them complain about how hot they are in January when we're all freezing. It, it oh, we freezing were freezing by the end yeah, of the day. Guess what? Yeah. I saw lots of comments in our guest book about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you go to anarchymeanything.com, is that right? Yeah. And um, you can sign our guest book. Gus has been updating our website via it's, HTML. It's under construction, dude. The awesome. graphics clearly tell you that. So it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. Every day I'm tinkering with something on there. I love it. Uh, yeah, a lot's changed with HTML. I, I, don't, I think I probably haven't written HTML in 10, 15 years, something like that. Why would you have even written it 15 right. years ago? <laughs> Maybe like small fixes for like sure. little things on the website. Update like, is live Nothing journal. crazy. Season two of Red versus Blue would probably be when I stopped. And yeah, I that was like, back. Oh, I guess that was longer than 15 years ago. That Fuck. was like 2004, bud. Fuck. That was like 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe then. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. I was like, font size is deprecated. CSS, <laughs> what? It was, I was like, man, uh, it's, been, it's been a journey. Does the blink tag still work? No, no, the blink tag hasn't worked. I, th- I think the blink tag didn't even work back no, then. I tried. I tried to put a MIDI embed to autoplay, but uh, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and in fact, like with the MIDI embed, if you visited the website in Chrome, uh, it would force. It would automatically force the download into you. No way! Yeah, it's like I was like, oh, people do think I'm giving them yep, a virus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chrome is like, I don't know what to do with this. It's like you're trying to program in Latin. It's like yeah. this is a dead language. Yeah, I, I think somebody in, in the guest book, someone had suggested that I forgot what it was. Like some Green Day song would have been a good would have been oh, a good song. Cool. But if you view the source on the website, you'll see it was Smash Mouth's All Star that I was trying cool. to put on there, which also released in. Uh, 99. Jeez. Uh, so I think we're fully embracing old internet, uh, uh, what we're doing, because we don't have a YouTube channel for this podcast, eh. which is, it's a thing where it's like, oh, you know, this is, it would be a good way to find this. 
I think I think we're pretty happy with the podcast we're doing and 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 what it is. P- I mean, people are copying it, so it's fine. And um, and YouTube didn't you, exist when we it, told when exactly. all these stories happened. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're creating a website where you can really relive a 1998 experience. So if you want to listen to the newest episode, it's on. It's on there. It's on there <laughs> at the very bottom. So hop over to anarchymeanything.com, sign our I, guest book, check out these gifts. Oh, there's some surprises. You might you might. Uh, watch a cool movie trailer we talked about. Yeah, I have some some movie trailers. <laughs> you never know. It uh, is it is so funny to look at on a cell phone. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, when, it's when, I, when I first started, it's funny you say that because when I first started, I was like, "What's this going to look like on a phone?" And I thought, "I'm deliberately not yep, going to look yep. because I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it." Let me, I did resize one of the under construction uh, just because I thought it's way too big. <laughs> I, I made it smaller. Let me ask you a question. This is a, a bit of a. Uh, you, this is a bit of an aside from what we were just talking about, but it just popped into my head when we were talking about what, looking at that on cell phones. Let's say you do a life reset. Like, for whatever reason, you move to... Middle of nowhere. You move to middle of nowhere. Uh, I don't want to fuck you here. Virginia. Okay. All right? It's a cool state. Uh, it's for lovers. It is for lovers. You don't take anything with you. I mean, take Esther and your dog and stuff. Yeah. You have your And your money and your wherewithal, but you don't get to take any technology with you. And you have to build, rebuild your life in Virginia... Probably you go out and buy a TV, okay. I assume. What's the first purchase? Do you buy a, f- a phone, a laptop, a desktop in that order? Do you get to desktop? Like, I'm trying to wonder how important this, like, th- those different formats are it's in 2024. Def- definitely phone, number one. There's right, no phone is number one. That. It's become easily the most important thing. Number two is laptop. And then, yeah, I don't need Would a desktop. Would you need a desktop? No, I have one now, but that's just because... I got it when we were, you know, in the at the in the beginning of the pandemic, like mm-hmm. all the work from home stuff. Like I needed one for that, so I bought a desktop for that. But before that, I didn't have one. Yeah, I have desktops. I have a Mac and a PC for work. A similar situation. I bought them at the beginning of the pandemic, and I record. I don't really. F- I guess I record gameplay with the Xbox with the PC one, and f- so all right and. F- face with the Mac, but if it weren't for that, I would have zero need for yeah, a desktop I, in my life. Yeah, these days it's like I, I don't do, think I would buy one. I, I'll I'll join meetings from home if I don't you know if I'm not in the office, but I can do that from my laptop. And I'll record ad reads or audio every now and then. But I mean I could do that from my laptop too. Like there's there's really no need at this point for those desktops. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? How much our lives have changed. Yeah. A lot of our friendship, our early friendship was sitting on the floor in the little <laughs> office we shared in my old house putting together computers and building PCs. I remember when I lived over at the Metropolis. So this would have been like 99 or 2000 maybe. Yeah. I had like a computer I'd built myself with parts from A&R Computer, which used to be over there on West 6th. They're long gone. Yeah. And Anyway, um, I had this computer and I decided that I wanted, like it had Windows on it. And then one day I decided like I need to learn Linux. So like I erased Windows off my computer and I installed Linux on it. It was like Red Hat. 5 or 5.2 or something way back then. I don't remember. But anyway, um, so it was all working. Everything was great, but I couldn't get sound. Like my my sound card didn't work by default and I didn't know enough yet to figure out how to make it work. So it's like I would I would toil with it every day trying to get it to work. This never happened. Then one day, I think you and I were hanging out, drinking, got real drunk. Woke up the next morning, uh, went to log into my computer and the sound was working. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck happened? Like somehow in my drunken stupor, I'd figured out how to get my sound card to work and I could never figure out what, <laughs> what I did yet to make it work. It was just like one day I was like, oh shit, I did something last night and it works now. Uh, so like I was really hesitant to ever format and reinstall that computer because I was like, Man, I'm not going to get my sound to work again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Creative Lab sound blaster of some kind. You're just it every day. Yeah. Going, hold on. Please hold, hold on. on. Don't, don't go. For fuck's sake. I still want to play StarCraft and hear it. Uh, no, it's just wild. I was thinking, you know, I've been... I just recently recorded an episode of So All Right where I was talking about VHS, VHS and the lifespan mm-hmm. of the VHS, which has just got me thinking about technologies in general that have existed in my lifetime. Computers are not the one that I, I would have anticipated coming and going. But I remember, like, what was that? The format changed. What was the computer company that Steve Jobs 
spun next? up. Next. Yeah. So the next computer, I remember being in the mall and seeing a display and telling my mom I wanted I, That was the first computer I ever wanted, was yeah. the next computer. <laughs> those, those things were fucking expensive, dude. Yeah, all right. My mom laughed her ass off. She was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, but I remember that was the first moment I think, like, I want one of these, you yeah. know? And, and, and everybody wanted a computer after watching war games, but not like any kind of real tangible way. Yeah. You just, you were like, oh, I want to destroy the world too with a fucking keyboard. Uh, and now here we are. I'm at a point in my life where if I were to move, I probably wouldn't buy a computer. Well, you, the, the, I mean, the, I, the, the phone is a yeah, computer. Yeah, they said the format changed. It. Like, it's just all of that is on your, all of that and more is on the phone it's now. It's just so crazy. Yeah. You know, I just, it'd be interesting to see what homes look like 20 years from now. You know, like, what does a home office look yeah, like? Yeah, it's funny. Like, you talk, you talk about that. Like, we in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was always like we would always talk about like oh, in the future you're gonna have like wired Ethernet like you're gonna have like uh, an Ethernet drop in every room. It'll mm-hmm. plug your all your computers in and everything, and you know have a central hub at, in your home closet somewhere that connects it all. Like man, fuck all that. <laughs> it's all you know super fast Wi-Fi now. Like I've got that at home, I guess, but like my my home wired network is so janky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's a pain in the ass to deal with. It's just easier to do wireless. Yeah, no, I'm totally I'm I'm all about ease of use. I got a. I don't know if you use any of these. Like the office where my computer is, for it's really complicated. The previous owner fucked something up, and only one Ethernet drop works in that room. But I needed two computers, right? One when we were streaming from home, like one you know for the gameplay, another one for the streaming and the capture and all of that. So, and I didn't want to have a hub and have them both share like one gigabit drop. I wanted them both to have an independent gigabit um, drop. So I bought. I don't know if you ever use these. I bought a Mocha adapter, Mm-mm. which allows you to run two gigabit network cables over coaxial cable so there was like a cable tv drop in there i was like oh so i can just plug a mocha adapter into that and i can have two different gigabit lines connecting through that mocha adapter that then goes up to two lines in my router sure uh it's fucking game changer i'd never heard of one before that no i never heard of it either. Uh, so if you if you ever <laughs> under a room that has cable a cable outlet but no wired ethernet look into a mocha adapter it's like it's super easy. I just plugged in. I haven't thought about it since I set it up three years ago or whatever. Interesting. I'll, I'll look into that. Yeah. I have, because I have typical Wi Fi issues where I have a house that's 100 years old and li- like fucking thick walls. And so, yeah. Well, also have, for like uploading. I have, ex- yeah, I have extenders and stuff, but I like, I have a, I have a, a hardwired computer that's just for uploading and, and downloading. Yeah. Mocha adapter might, might, might help you out. Yeah. That's a, it, it, I remember really thinking that I wanted that home network like, <laughs> and i feel like those speeds haven't changed we're still i mean i guess there's 10 gigabit now but everything's pretty much still gigabit like i've i'm at a point now which is crazy to me or would have been crazy to me even five years ago but i don't travel with a laptop anymore mm, like I, still, when I, I can't i can't, I can't break that habit i yeah. still have to take mine yeah i took i took my laptop with me to detroit this and alabama this christmas just in case i needed to record anything although i knew i wouldn't and I never took my computer out of my backpack yeah. the entire time. And before that, I probably hadn't traveled with it in a year. I normally don't either, but I still take because I take when I travel, I take the backpack anyway. Like there's like toiletries or whatever. Like I still use it to carry other things. Like uh, I bring my backpack at request of others because they say I look like a terrorist <laughs> <laughs> if I don't have a bag with me in the fucking terminal. <laughs> Just get a uh, rollerboard. I why like if I, like Emily has started checking bags. I hate checking bags, right? Mm-hmm. But if Emily's gonna check a bag, there's no fucking point in me having to carry it. Yeah, because inevitably that bag's gonna get sent to the wrong airport. You're gonna need like a day's worth of clothes or something. I haven't had that issue, but uh, <laughs> this is gonna mark it now. But this since is I don't going bring, to be no, an issue. But okay. since I don't bring a listen, I've had every you and I both have had every flying a potential flying issue possible yeah, in the last much. twenty years. I'm not worried about that. It'll be nothing nothing I haven't dealt with before. But it is just weird because I don't bring my laptop anymore. I really don't need my backpack. It was just a vessel to carry my my laptop and some gum or whatever, you know. And so now that I just have my little like away bag, that's the one that everybody has, right? Yeah. The little I have a little away bag. If Emily's gonna check, I'll just throw mine in and check as well because I still got to go through the stupid line and I still have to fucking wait at the other end for the bags anyway. But it's it's a wild feeling to walk through an airport with no bags. I I went to. We had a job up in Dallas once, and it was like a, a day-long thing. And so I flew up to Dallas for the day. Like I flew from Austin to Dallas first thing in the morning, you know, shot up there, filmed our thing, then flew back from Dallas to Austin that evening. Mm-hmm. And that day I went with nothing, like no check bag, no carry-on, nothing. Like I showed up with the shit in my pockets, got on the plane, and then got off and you know walked 
to the rental car, went over to do the work, and then went back. That was the most freeing travel ever. Like literally having nothing with you. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie and I did that one time where we flew to New York. It was just an overnight trip. And we flew to New York with no bags. And then figured we would just spend the night at the airport. And it's just everything went wrong. I don't remember exactly what yeah, the story that, it, is it now. It sounds like a terrible plan. But it was like we tried to walk into the airport and you couldn't do it. And it was before Uber and we had to hop a fence. And then it was like, and then we were in the airport and there was like, we realized the air, like LaGuardia sucks at three in the morning and there was nowhere to sit or anything. It was like, it was a fucking nightmare and I regretted it immediately. But I think that's one of the only times I've ever flown without any kind of baggage whatsoever. That's great. Do you think, there's got to be, right? There's got to be people who do that all the time and they just like FedEx their bag to the hotel or whoever they're staying. I think so. There's got to be. That's got to like be. Business that, people. That's got to yeah. be like a service you yeah. can you can get where it's like this this company will take your stuff, hold it for you, send it where you need it. And then when you know send it back, they'll wash your clothes or whatever. And then just like it's like a third party closet. Yeah. Third party closets. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't exist, that's that, your retirement. That's why right that's part of a retirement career. What the fuck? I, I guarantee there's people with money, more money than sense, right? This ha- this has to make sense to a a very niche group of people who I bet you can charge a lot to. There's, dude, there are some people that fly so fucking much. When I was at the worst at Roost Teeth, which is like 2017, 2018, I was flying 40 to 45 weeks out of the year. Oh my God. Right? And and some of those were two trips a week. It was like we were... We were, it was we were constantly going up to New York and LA to pitch stuff, and they were we were always having to go like to a fucking like an upfront, and then there were like we were always doing business in San Francisco, and there was always a reason I was traveling every single week, and that was back when the way it worked with Executive Platinum, and Platinum was first come first serve, and as much as you fly, you kind of get priority, and so I would get to the airport after you know I'd have like it'd be like my thirtieth flight of the year in like 25 weeks and I would get to the airport and the flight to Dallas, I would be like 15th on the upgrade list. Yeah. And you think like, how much do these fucking guys fly? There are people who fly a how lot. How much do these yeah. people fly if I'm 15th on the upgrade list and I've already flown 150,000 miles and it's fucking May. It's like, yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I do not envy that life. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, I'm glad we don't do that. But those that people, and because we had a taste of it, because I yeah. know you flew as much as I did, if not more, uh, you definitely develop particular <laughs> particularities and uh, routines, mm-hmm. and you you definitely learn to to appreciate some of the perks that you get, and they become very important to you. And I just I can't imagine flying more than we did, and it's like that shit, like that's your life. You're yeah, spending like more of your time day. in a plane yeah. than you are in your hometown. Yeah, at that's that point, like, that's like on the road salesperson like every day I picture like the 50s <laughs> you know yeah, it's like Billy's dad in Gremlins yeah. yeah he's like just getting on planes humping uh, what was it a smokeless ashtrays that's what he tried to trade gizmo for smokeless oh ashtray. yeah 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 yeah. I forgot about that. yeah that's right yeah man I, I, I even just saw that movie a couple of weeks ago we talked about it hey what's up Chris I appreciate Chris's enthusiasm opening that door like he walked in with a fucking smile yeah. Yeah. I mean he, like, got he, the, literally, he got the code wrong one time but then he nailed it well, come you, on. you come he in it's literally fine. walked in at 11 by the way 11 16 a.m. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good he job being in, early. <laughs> he walked in like with his little backpack on, with his b- baseball cap. Like, I'm ready to go to work today, boss. <laughs> Just a big fucking smile. I, I wish everybody liked their job as much you, as he does. You don't have to worry about being quiet or anything. It's fine. Yeah, we're fine. Um, it's just we. It's called background texture for this. Audio podcast. texture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he made, okay. He went. He did a surfing motion. <laughs> um, I went to the draft house over the weekend. Oh, that's right. Okay, oh, we as did I. Yeah, this, we both yeah. have stories. So um, they were doing. You know, we, like we mentioned last week, they're doing anniversary uh, screenings and over the weekend when was it was Saturday Sunday one of those days Sunday I think uh, I went and I saw the 25th anniversary screening for election and uh, big Matthew Broderick fan (laughs) and I I was a little worried because normally I don't like going to the the, the movie theater if it's gonna be very crowded and I looked at the you know the tickets for this one and it was fairly crowded which draft house is this the one in Mueller okay and um you know, I, I, right before the screening, right before the showing started, you know, I, I pulled up my phone and checked. And yeah, sure enough, the, the seat next, I went with my wife, you know, she was sitting on one side. And then the seat next to me was was taken. I was like, crap, I'm going to have to sit next to someone. Whatever. But anyway, the uh, movie starts, like the lights go down, the trailers start, then the trailers go and the movie starts and the, the seat next to me is still empty. And I think, oh, okay, this person's not going to show up. And, you know, it was like when things were really cold, I was like, maybe 
whoever it was just decided not to leave their house because it was really cold or whatever. So like I, I take my water and I put it you know in the little cup holder between me and that seat. Because um, I'm like, all right, no one's going to be there. I'll just keep my water here. It's fine. Watching the movie. Um, the, the screening started at 11. So it was a, a brunch screening at the brunch menu. Mm-hmm. And um, the election is only about an hour and 40, hour 45 minutes long. Okay. At 12.30, someone comes into the theater and sits down in the seat next to me. And I think, oh, that's weird. Uh, so I pick up you know, my water and I put it on the table in front of me. And then like immediately, the waiter comes over uh, and starts talking to her. It's a woman. It's like, hey, uh, do you have your ticket? And, you know, yeah, she pulls out her phone and like shows it to him. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's his screening. Um, come with me. Uh, and then he like leads her off to the side, and they have a very quick discussion, and then she walks out. You can't be seated after the movie. You starts. can't be seated late. First of all, second of all, that movie's almost over. Yeah, I don't know how well you remember election. It was the scene where like Tracy Flick's trying to see, like, get advance notice of who's won the election. She's like peeking, like jumping up and down in the window. The movie was over fifteen minutes after that. Yeah, yeah. like this person showed up over an hour and a half late to the theater. She had the right ticket. She was in the right place. And still tried to sit down and see the movie. I already had my bill. I'd, like, I'd, already, yeah, yeah. I'd already signed the... the like you'd, already, you'd already put your tip down. Yeah, the, I'd already given the thumbs up like 20 minutes earlier. Like, I can't believe how late she was. And then also, secondly, how quickly the waiter came out, checked her ticket, and they were like, all right, we got to go. Wow. Like, they, they have a very, they're very strict about yeah. no late seating. Yeah. And I'd seen some late seating before. Sometimes they'll be like, all right, you know, it just started. It's fine, whatever. There's some leeway there. Right. Yeah, but, but an hour and a half. An, 90 <laughs> minutes into a 100-minute movie. That's like, crazy. I looked at my watch when the credits started rolling. The credits were rolling like 15, between 15 and 20 minutes after that woman showed up. Jesus. Like, was she just going to show up and watch? She's like, yeah, I don't want to see the lead. And it's not like, you know, it's not like it's a new release or anything. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, she should know. That that has, I, get that, I guess not that that has anything to do with it, but it's like, the movie started at 11. Yeah. I just don't know how she got to a point where she's like, oh, the movie started at 11. I should go down there and try, not only like I should try to get a refund or a rain check, like I'm going to go try to sit in my seat and watch the last 15 minutes of election. Have you ever done this? I did this two years ago, maybe. Uh, Got tickets to a movie on a Saturday at Alamo. It was the one uh, down at Sophomore, right? It was me and Emily and Millie, I think. Got tickets, went to the movie theater, sat in the theater, ordered food, popcorn and sodas showed up. Then people showed up and said we were in their seat. And then we pulled out our ticket that I had already shown to the employee. And the employee looks at it again and goes, oh my God, you are in the right seats, but your movie's tomorrow. And I showed up a full 24 hours hours early and I didn't know what to do. And so they took us outside with our popcorn and sodas. And they're like, you can stay here and finish it. And then they made me check out yeah. and then I just sat there and ate a little bit of popcorn and we left it was so awkward and I was so embarrassed I, I once showed up 24 hours late <laughs> did you really <laughs> I think it was for eighth grade I um like I showed up to the theater my wife and I showed up to the theater it was at the village mm. and uh I was like huh weird our, our showing's at 250 but none of the <laughs> theaters say they have a 250 showing let me double check my the time on my ticket yeah it's 250 <laughs> where should we go what's going on there's like Oh, our screening was yesterday. So, but like, I just went up to the front and I was like, "Hey, I showed up late. My movie was yesterday. Like, yeah, it's fine. They just gave me new tickets for that day." Oh, instead. that's nice. Yeah. I'm glad I, uh, I. We just, I just left in shame and ate the cost of those tickets. I, uh, <laughs> or we went back the next day, I think. But I, uh, yeah, that was super embarrassing. It's it helps to know that I'm not the only person that has done that. So it was very embarrassing for me too. I, I felt like a, the biggest idiot in the world. I went to the Alamo last week as well, and Ooh. I had a funny thing happen. Which one? I completely forgot to tell you guys. It was at Alamo Village last Thursday. Millie and I went. Daddy-daughter date, sure, last Wednesday. She wanted to see Iron Claw, which I thought was a strange movie for a daddy-daughter date, but I'm all about it. I wanted to see it anyway. She's a real big Jeremy Allen White. Yep. Is that his name? Yeah. Kid from the Bear and Shameless. Uh, so she wanted to go see it. So we went and saw it. And phenomenal movie. And Zac Efron deserves at least an Academy Award nomination. Um, but we go in there and we sit down. Alamo Village, which is, by the way, the only movie theater I like to go to anymore. If Village isn't showing it, I, I don't want to see a movie bad enough that I I can't just... I, like if I, if I go... If I want to see a movie and it's not at Village, I go, I don't really want to see it. You won't go to Mueller? I, it's all the way across town. It's, it's right fine. by the office. I don't, come I'm here all the time. The, I'm not at the office much. Mm-hmm. Like I would if it was something I really wanted to see, but Village has most of what I want to see. Do you like the new seats in the Village? Yeah, yeah. 
I hate them. You don't like them? Uh-uh. Oh, I like them. I like them a lot. Uh-uh. I, I like been, the little tables. I've been too. Been since they swapped. The um, yeah. They have like they have like the button you push back and you can. It's uh, just it's back. they're too big. They're uh, really big. I like how seats big they are. are very big. Uh, I'm a big boy. That sounds terrible. My my small wife can't reach. I, I, mean, I can, it's, it's. I can rough. see how she'd need help. Yeah, for sure. it's rough for her. Gotcha. So we sit down at this like 7 p.m. screening for Iron Claw. And the trailers start. And the first trailer is like Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Millie and I high five. We're very excited. That is I haven't our, seen that trailer yet. The, that is our, like, out of all, Star Wars, everything that we've watched together, Planet of the Apes is our franchise. Just the new ones or just the, the old new, ones as well? Okay. Just the new ones. Uh, from, from like 2000s on. Right, not, right. Not, 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 not like the, Charlton Heston. Not the Charlton 60s, Heston yeah, ones. Okay. And, and for no other reason, I love those movies. I, I love them dearly. I grew up with them. But uh, I can't imagine I could get Millie into them. They're su- super old, right? Yeah. And the new ones are so fucking good. And so but Millie and I... what happens? Anyway, sorry. Millie, Millie and I were so excited and we were like high-fiving because we're going to go see Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes together because we just fell into that yeah. on a whim and we became... Like it just... It was just a bonding thing for us, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like our thing. And uh, and then they show like a DreamWorks trailer and then a couple Disney trailers. And then there's like a weird combo trailer for a bunch of Disney movies that came out during the pandemic but didn't get theatrical released. And they're releasing them back to back to back. Oh, and yeah, then like Soul like, and Dreamworks. Yeah, yeah. And, stuff, and there yeah. was another kid's trailer. And there's this two dudes sitting to the left of me. And one of the dudes leans over to me and goes, hey, man, are you in here for Iron Claw? And I go, yeah, why? And he goes, I am too, but... Are these tra- this is a lot of weird trailers. Yeah. And I was like, it is a little odd, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. And I go, I don't know, whatever. And so there's like another trailer or two. And then the movie starts and they play the Iron Giant. Uh, what? And for a second, I thought, oh, this is a bit Alamo's being funny. They were not. They played like eight minutes of the Iron happen? Giant before it went like, Arr! and stopped. And then like it was quiet for a while. And then they people <laughs> ran out and then they flipped it. It's you, probably all a, a CMS mm-hmm. on for the projector. You know how you saw Election? Yeah. Iron Giant is one of the other movies oh, that yeah. they're showing as it's that like limited engagement. Oh. Anniversary thing. So whoever double-clicked on the thing they saw Iron. iron and, and so it. you're right. It is uh, that. But it's because it's the limited engagement thing. That's why it was there. That's insane. That's that's crazy. Wow. I thought, like, Millie and I were like, oh, this is a joke, right? But it became very clear that it wasn't a joke. <laughs> Everybody was confused. So Employees did, were confused. Did you have to watch new trailers again? No, it just immediately cut into Iron Claw. <laughs> oh, you didn't get it any It changed the-, the, 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 the fucking, the screen ratio changed, so they had to move the curtains. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Did you get the pre-show for the Iron Claw? No. When, I don't think so, no. What yeah, your, like what was playing before the trailers? Like, you know, you go into the draft house and there's like a pre-show for everything. Uh, <laughs> was it all robot stuff? It was Howdy Doody. You're it was fucking Howdy Doody. Thank you. Because I, I sat down and I remember thinking, why the fuck are they showing Howdy Doody? And I went to Millie and I go, that's what kids used to like in the 50s. This would have, this was your Pokemon in the 50s. And she was like, gross. And I'm like, I know, right? And then it, like, but we got there... <laughs> We got there like two minutes before the trailer started. Iron, oh. the Iron Claw takes place in the 80s. Like, yeah. <laughs> the pre-show that they have for the Iron Claw fucking rocks. It's so good. And you missed all of it. The pre-show they have for the Iron Giant is lackluster. It's interesting because the pre-show for Election was all like music videos and commercials from 1999. Which I thought was really cool. That's interesting. It was, and there, there was like, I guess the the commercial that the dancing baby originated from, which I'd never seen before. It was like a, a Japanese commercial for a Toyota, a car called a Toyota Cami, and there were like five dancing babies in it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, re, it's like, it's more than a commercial. It's like a four or five minute long thing, like you'd expect it to be playing in a dealership or something. Like Michelle Gondry directed it. Uh, no, but they did show some of his music videos. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Um, they sh- yeah, they had so they did show some of his music videos. Like, all right, yeah, I'm into this. He had some good music videos. Uh, so it's weird that they were playing Howdy Doody for Iron Giant. I thought maybe for the other stuff they would also do think content from that year. That era, yeah, they might have before that. But like I like I said, we stopped. We sat in right as the pre-show was ending, gotcha. so we watched like two minutes of Howdy Doody, and I was like, what the fuck? I'll, and then I'll always show up to try to get in as early as possible to a draft house screening because normally they'll open the theater mm-hmm. like 30 minutes before the showtime just because I like to, you know, one, I like to watch all the pre-show stuff. Bye, Chris. And, bye, Chris. He's already going home. It's 11. It's 11. First. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 11. 27. He's done for the day. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks, for, thanks for clocking in, buddy. <laughs> uh, and I also like to order my food uh, ahead of time. That way I can ideally like get it, sure. eat. That way I'm not distracted. Sure. There, there's nothing worse than trying to eat and not get dirty when it's dark. Uh, like the, they had the brunch screening at election. Yeah. And, you know, 
there were I, I ordered some breakfast tacos that came with salsa. I was like, fuck. Then, then the lights went out before I was done eating. I was like, I'm going to spill the salsa all over myself. So it was like this dancing game. Luckily, I'd seen the movie before. It wasn't a big deal, but it was a pain in the ass. You and I are so similar, and I typically do the exact same thing as you do. And, and that's how I prefer to do it as well. Mm-hmm. I just, uh, now I'm on a dog's timetable. Oh, and so gotcha. and I had to like feed the dog. So we weren't able, so we were out the door a little late um, and missed most of the pre-show, unfortunately. There you go. Alamo Draft House stories. Yeah. So the draft house week, I uh, I saw Beekeeper in it. <laughs> Where'd you see that? It was playing at Lakeline, and it was playing at Slaughter, Alamo it, Lakeline. So we had to go all the way to Slaughter oh, to go see it. I've it never is. been to that Alamo. It Alamo is Slaughter. so nice to watch a movie with three of your friends and then three other people scattered in the biggest theater that they have. So what you're saying is Beekeeper, did, Beekeeper didn't pack them in don't on think, opening weekend. Uh, don't think it made a ton of money. I, I went down there just the other week. I saw Godzilla Minus One there. Oh, cool. Oh. Uh, because it, it, again, it was playing like at Slaughter and Lake. You Lund. recommend that, right? Yeah. Really right, I think the Truck Boys are going to go see it. Um, it's it's really good. I think a lot of people are saying it's like the best Godzilla ever. I still think Shin Godzilla is better than Godzilla Minus One, uh, but that's not a knock on Minus One because I think Shin Godzilla is like the perfect modern interpretation of a Godzilla movie. Shin Godzilla is definitely a lot more throwback, especially because mm. it's like post-World War II. Uh, it's a great movie, but sh- I am of the opinion that Shin Godzilla is better. Uh, if you if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that. Uh, is that in the theaters? Right no, now no, well? that came out like five years ago. Yeah, okay. That's more like how a modern government bureaucracy responds to a crisis. Like if Godzilla attacked today, you know, what would happen? Um, well, I, half, half of the country would deny that he exi- that it was happening <laughs> at all. <sighs> I had the other day. I D- had- yeah, it depends. What's he wearing? <laughs> a tan suit? He's got a red hat on. Does he have a tan suit on or a red hat? <laughs> <laughs> That's a big hat. <laughs> no, it's a little hat. It's a normal hat. <laughs> normal size hat a on a big size Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, a a crazy interaction the other day with a a plumber. I um, I have uh, I guess for a little bit of background, like I've got a tub that has a tub filler. Well, it, it's got like a standalone tub filler that goes into the ground, like it's not in the wall, mm-hmm. and it's got that tub filler, and attached to it is like a shower wand. Okay. And I had this issue recently where if you turned on the tub filler, the shower wand would start dripping a little bit of water. Okay. It's like, oh, fuck. So, you know, I, I read up on it and it's like, okay, I'm, I, I know really nothing about plumbing, right? So I'm like, okay, the, the diverter needs to be replaced in this thing. There's like a little mechanism inside of it. So, like, you activate it and the water goes instead of the tub filler to the shower sure, wand. It's like probably, yeah. yeah. And it's not quite working right. So that's why some water's leaking out to the shower wand. So I call a plumber over. I call Mr. Ruder. I normally call him for a lot of my plumbing stuff. They look mm-hmm. at it and you know, they're like, oh, yeah, well, hold, they're like, hold on, we need to call Kohler and see how much the replacement part is. And they go and get on the phone and they come back to me and they're like, yeah, it's going to be $900 to replace your diverter. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, it's $300 for the part and then $600 for the labor. Whoa. And I was like, no, no, uh, that's fine. Thank you. And they leave. And I'm like, I'm going I'm to figure out how to fix this. <laughs> so I, I, wow. I, I email Kohler and I'm like, hey, I, I have the model number. Like, this is the tub filler I have. This is the problem I'm having. I don't know anything about plumbing. I think the diverter needs to be replaced. And they just reply, okay, we've, we're sending you a new diverter now. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I was like, in, my, right, mi- in my mind, right, I'm like, check. at the bare minimum, I've saved $300. <laughs> Even if I have to call Mr. Reuter back out, it's 600 now instead of 300 So I get the part, and I'm like, where does this go? <laughs> so like, I start trying to disassemble my the entire YouTube mechanism doesn't know. To, no, the, like this, there are other for there are tutorials for other versions or other models, but not this specific Man, one. Ain't that the fucking story of all of our lives? But the amount of YouTube videos I've watched of a similar product uh-huh. that's almost right. Oh my god! Yeah. So I can't figure it out. I'm like disassembling and taking it apart. And I'm like, man, I don't want to call Mister Rooter again. So I do a search in the Austin subreddit for like a plumber, mm-hmm. and I find a thread from like four or five years ago that's like. Hey, you know, who's a good plumber? It's not going to rip me off. And uh, there are a couple times throughout the thread, someone, multiple people mentioned this place called Union Jack Plumbing. And I know I've seen their van around town because I always laugh when I see it because it's got a little thing on it that says, the British are plumbing, the British are plumbing. <laughs> That's awesome. That sounds like a Grand Theft Auto thing. Yeah. That's crazy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I've, I've seen this guy's van around town. 
So I called the guy up. Uh, is he British? Yeah. Good. And really? uh, yeah. And it's like Gavin just got mad and he doesn't know why. <laughs> He's and somewhere in Austin, angry. I described the problem to him. He's like, yeah, your diverter needs to be replaced. And he's like, you got to call Kohler. I was like, I already called Kohler. I've got the replacement diverter. He's like, oh, great. He's like, I can come over tomorrow and take a look at it. Awesome. And he's like, hey, uh, I'm driving right now. Can you just text me um, like a picture of the, of the tub filler and a picture of the diverter? That way I know what I'm getting into. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I text him. And then like five minutes later, he calls me back. He's like, hey, I pulled over. Um, uh, you can actually do this yourself. And I was like, no and I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how to take the thing apart. He's like, yeah, here's what you do. You need this specific tool. Uh, put it right here at this thing that you don't think you can unscrew, but you actually can. Mm-hmm. Uh, do that. So pop that out. Pop the new one in. You're done. He's like, it'll take you like five, ten minutes. He's like, if you, if you can't figure it out and you still need my help, I'll come by tomorrow. Not a big deal. He's like, but give it a try. See if you can do it. So then I did it. I followed his instructions. Done. Easy. So the first official endorsement of Anma of a local company uh-huh. is Union Jack Plumbing. That, I'm, you I'm are using in, them. That's yeah. awesome. If you are in the Austin area and mm-hmm. you have plumbing issues, use Union yeah. Jack what, Plumbing. One plumber wanted to charge me $900 yeah. for this fix. The other one texted Pull, me and then pulled over, over and called me and told me how to do it. This is the diverter on like the spout where like the water would come out for like a bath and you unscrew that, pull it off, and then use pliers to pull the piece out. Exactly. Basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um this this one's a little more complicated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, that that was essentially it. I was like, I just this this dude, rather than coming here and charging me six hundred bucks or whatever the fuck he could charge, yeah, was just like, Hey, I'll just I'll just tell you how to do it. That's, that's fucking awesome. awesome. I was like, I've never had that experience. I will. I'll be using them. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was that's like, fucking cool. That, that, that's why I wanted to make it a point to yep. see their name and yep. to to tell you about it on this Official podcast. Endorsement. I have also used Mister Reuter in the past, and I also use another plumbing company when I had like my when all my pipes dis- disintegrated and oh, I yeah. had to do that. I used a different company, uh, and they were fine, and they gave me a really good deal. But I, you know, I, I, there's no cool story behind it, so I'm just going to stick with <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Union Jack Plumbing from here on out. I highly recommend it. If you're in Austin, the British will plumb you. <laughs> Man, it's it, it's interesting because you know we've been through this cold snap. It's been freezing for several days in a row, Four and no days, no uh, one down here is used to it. And like the Austin subreddit's just been filled with people talking about frozen pipes and broken pipes yeah. and what to do. And it's just like every other post I feel like is that and. I don't know what the deal is down here, but a lot of people, I guess, who have tankless water heaters, keep them outside, like outside of their house. And that's what a lot of these people have their problem because it's freezing outside. The thing freezes up and it doesn't work anymore. I think if you have it inside your house, you have to have certain ventilation because lots of times it's gas. Uh, The one I have is inside, luckily, because I have the proper ventilation. I can do that. But I saw a post the other day. I I, I read all of them because I'm always curious to know what's going on. I saw one where someone was like, hey... Uh, I'm in my house and my cold water's running fine, but when I turn my hot water on, it like barely trickles out. Mm-hmm. And you know, lots of comments like, "Yeah, it sounds like the supply line for your hot water heater is frozen over. Your cold line's obviously fine. Mm-hmm. You need to figure out where that is. You know, it's either going into your water heater or in the water heater somewhere. You know, something there has frozen over." But one of the replies stood out to me. Uh-huh. One of the replies was, "Maybe you should check your pilot light." And I couldn't help but wonder, like, how does this person think water works? The pi- maybe the pilot light in your water heater went out, so you're n- so no water is coming out from your water heater anymore. Maybe like your pilot light needs to be on, so that the hot water flows. I was like, man, this person is out there living their life. This person thought I'm going to contribute to the conversation. I'm going to tell them to check their pilot light, and maybe that's what is causing their water not to come out. It's fine if you don't know. You don't have to leave a comment. But then shut up. Right. But then shut you up. You don't have to say anything. Shut up. That comment made just me so up. mad. I went back and looked at it over and <laughs> over because it just kept making me mad. Like, I would be like cleaning my house, cleaning something, right? And be like, man, that motherfucker's out there right now doing something. <laughs> it just, it just, I don't know why. It really, yeah. it really annoyed me that someone tried to, to pitch into that conversation with, Absolutely less than but zero I, knowledge. That was a real uh, that was a real letter in space right. comment. Which yeah. is an old, old, old private old thing. joke from That's before Rusty. Uh man, it just it, it, it was it was infuriating. We worked with a guy at the Tech Sports Center who was so fucking dumb. Such a fucking hillbilly oaky dumb dude. It was very nice. He didn't last long. Uh, eventually we had to it it wasn't working out because it was a tech sports center and he was confused by anything electric 
But uh, we were talking about satellites one day. We're just having a conversation about satellites. And he just stopped us and he goes, with his finger, he pointed up and he goes, they're in space. And so that's... Uh, yeah, had to, had to contribute. Gus, Gus and I will be saying that to each other for the I, rest I, of our lives. I think it very regularly. As do I. It comes yeah. up at least twice a week in my brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was in 2000. 2000 maybe. No, 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 2000, no 2000 99, 2000, yeah. yeah. Wow. That dude's yeah. out there. That might have been him. Telling them to check the pilot light. That dude's out there. That dude's in Austin right now. Yeah, living his dumbest best life. <laughs> we 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 tried to. So the, that back then that call center was growing so quickly, we had to really lower the barrier to entry. This is the one that we drove by. Yeah, well, it was at yeah. the different location. Oh yeah, yeah, we did yeah, go we there. Did. Yeah, yeah. Af- after yeah. we left Radio East, uh, we drove over to the old call center and saw what it was, and then you guys told me some stories about some fucked up stuff. We- but, like not not crazy fucked up, just like <laughs> this thing fell on this guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, we <laughs> we told <laughs> we told some, some stories that we won't tell on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But- <laughs> So we, Illegal arms deals and shit. We had to try to make it as easy as possible for anyone to come in and be able to yeah. provide tech support. So, you know, in the early days when we first started, it was just like, you would kind of know how to do it. And then we had to like have write-ups. Like if someone's getting this yeah. error, these are the troubleshooting steps to go through. It's called the knowledge base. The knowledge base. Right. You, you, if, if someone figures something out, they could, it's, it was almost like an early wiki. Mm-hmm. Like the, the agents could update stuff in there. Yeah. Then we had to get to the point where it's like, okay, we need to make it even easier. So then... Jeff and I made this system where we took screenshots of everything on the computer and then could walk through it. So like an agent could be like telling someone, click on my computer, and then they would click on the image. The agent would click on the image on their screen of my computer and it would open it up, be like, uh-huh. this is what they're gonna see. You know, have them right click on this. And there's like that way they would walk through themselves. The agent is absolutely doing it. Yeah, is doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, on like a simulation right. to to be able to tell them what to do. And even then, it's like that dude could not cut it with <laughs> being yeah. able to see. You know what? We that. were pretty good at that job. Yeah, that was. I think the, I forgot we did that. That was a good system. That was a lot of work. It was a but lot of work. It really helped open the doors to be able to allow a lot more people who yeah. might not be super strong at the tech stuff to be able to to do it. Because back then it was all one. It was dial up, so there yeah. was no way you could like see their screen yes. or anything. Even then, they might not be connected to the internet because they're calling you on their one phone line. Mm-hmm. It was. It was like a whole. Ordeal. So then trying to get them to do this to follow along was really great. And I think it really helped cut down callbacks. It really helped well, try to it really helped solve issues. Even for the tech support agents who were very tech savvy and, and very well versed in it, just being able to describe what you're seeing to the person on the other, like uh, it's it like it, it could be really like well, all right, well, what's on the like click on the monitor and they're like, well, what's on the monitor? And you're like, uh, it looks like a blue and black thing, and they're like, "Okay, cool." Uh, now I see it. You know, they they really it really helped. That's cool. That's yeah. great because people weren't always the best at telling you what it was that well, they saw. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. It's people who ha- who need tech support. <laughs> well, I mean, to be to be fair to them, dial up in like like Windows three one or Windows. It was complicated. Well, yeah. it was a pain in the ass. If I could try to networking. teach some sixty eight year old woman who just wants to read an email from her grandson how yeah. to get through Trump at Windsock. Yeah, the, you know? the, the, there were times where, like some some of the callbacks we would get would be really brutal. Where it's like, okay. Nothing's working for this person. There's obviously something wrong at a system level. We need to re-extract several DLLs from oh. their install files, from like either their Windows install CD or their Windows install diskettes. Mm. Like we're going to re-extract rasappy.dll <laughs> and reinstall it on their on their system. It's like this. I, I couldn't do that nowadays for myself, much less walking some you know Dude, grandparent through it. Those were rare, but they happened about once a week, and it would be like a. Do you have, this is going to take us about two hours. Do you have two hours right now? And they'd be like, no, I have to get my son from school. And you'd be like, okay, well, call me back tomorrow when you have two hours and we'll go through it. Or we'll schedule a time to call you. Or schedule a time. And it was fucking, oof. Those were rough ones. The worst worst ones were when they had Windows installed diskettes. Like, do you have all your diskettes? Do you have Windows 95 diskette 17? Because oh that's the one we're going to need. The yeah. worst were when you're like, okay, we're going to need to edit your registry. Oh. <laughs> this is very important. <laughs> this is, you're you're going to have to get ex- everything exactly right or we're going to ruin your computer. Oh. And I will never be able to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man, that's a... Oof. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Um, we're, we're getting on in time, but I want to talk about uh, Uptown Sports Club. Oh, yeah, we, we went, went today. There. So... Um, a lot of history in that place. Uptown Sports Club is on East 6th, uh, right across from Violet Crown, which is a bar that 
I go to quite a bit. And uh, this place has opened in the last year. There's a so Uptown Sports Club was an old bar on East Six where you're describing it mm-hmm. that closed down before I ever moved to Austin. Yeah. And so I would I, I don't know when they closed down, but it was a long time ago. At least it's been closed at least since '94, probably. And it was always had like a dude an old painting of two dudes boxing on the front of it, mm-hmm. and it looked like an uptown sports club. Yeah. Like it looked like what it was described. Very old and dilapidated. If you look through the windows, the floor was dirt. Like it had been gutted on the inside and it had sat yeah. empty. And it was covered in graffiti. Covered yeah. in graffiti oh, yeah. and like flyers and, you know, wheat paste shit. And it had been dilapidating and slowly falling apart for years, mm-hmm. forever. And I knew tons of people. Even my ex-wife tried to buy it. You know, like really? it was always for sale, called the number, and the family that owned it was very particular. They knew what a piece of gold they had yeah, there, yeah. and they were really waiting for the right offer. And so we looked into it for Rooster Teeth too. Yeah, we did. Supposedly, really? mm-hmm. wow. We, we, yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> so the guys who own it are a dude named Moody, who's the guy who started Fun 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 Fest and all that oh. shit, and Aaron Franklin. Uh, Frank from Franklin Barbecue. It's a joint venture between the wow. two. Yeah, they've got and, a Franklin bumper sticker behind the yeah. counter nowadays. And and I think Franklin does the. They have a some sort of a barbecue brisket sandwich or something, or roast pork sandwich that he that is him. Um, well, I think he did the whole menu. But uh, anyway, I I I don't know this. I oh I wish Emily was here. Emily knows those dudes. Like she's friendly with that whole scene, and she knows all those people, and so she could tell the story better. Uh, but I think Moody had to work on that family for like a decade to convince them to sell it to him. And I think, I think took a lot of their concerns to heart and wanted to make sure that they were happy with whatever was created and and really genuinely cared because it's a piece of Austin history and a, and a, that's kind of much beloved and everybody's wanted to see developed. And so I think they were very particular about it. And so it was a long process of like maybe over a decade to get that place renovated, purchased, renovated and turned into what it is now, which is a kind of new Orleans themed garden restaurant, Uh, slash coffee shop, kind of, but it's definitely more of a sit down place, and it is seems to only be a sit down place. Yes, <laughs> fucking amazing. Uh, like what they did to that place is, it's uh, beautiful. It's so nice in there. It's so it's gorgeous. Before wonderful. we moved into the Ralph Oblanado studio, that was one of the locations we had looked at. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, getting and moving Rooster Teeth into. Oh, that's um, crazy. But like Jeff's describing, it was a it was going to be a difficult process yeah. to. Get the one to get the sale to happen, and two to get them to ride off on anything we wanted to do. Yeah, we, we would need to do for the space. So it was just like we. I think it was one of the places we looked at once. We really loved it. It was like, oh no, this is gonna. Be and then it was just like, no, no, no. A lot of people did that. Yeah. So we went in. There's no counter to order. I was expecting a partly sit down place, but also a cafe. Order at the counter and then have a seat if you want to sit here. It is not. It is a full restaurant yeah. with a big bar with a ton of seats. So we just pulled up seats at the bar, and then we were going to get coffee and like, ah, maybe we'll get it to go. And then it was like, let's just let's stay here. Let's just hang out. Yeah. Uh, so we had a cup of coffee there, and then we ended up getting some breakfast some too. Bre- they had some little breakfast sandwiches. They only they only have their breakfast menu eight to eleven. Yes. It looks like. Uh, but it, they have like a full menu, and and Jeff's right. It's it's very like New Orleans themed. They have like they a lot like of oysters, po- po- and, boys yeah, and that, that they have a burger. So maybe yep. we should, uh, we should have definitely a burger go back to the interesting. Yeah. Uh, so we got coffee, and then uh, I got the biscuit with jam, and you guys got the breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. Uh, that was, that biscuit was so fucking good. That was fucked. That was so it was too good. Good. Yeah. That was so That, that breakfast good. sandwich was served in the mm. biscuit. Dude. And it was, um, like, that might be one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> it like, was what's, no joke. What's wow. the best biscuit you've ever had in your life? That might be that, dude. It's. Do you that, remember Ranch Six Sixteen? They're gone now. They had. They're those, gone. Yeah, I think so. That's like another building now. It got bulldozed and turned into a condo or something. I think you know, down are, on West Sixth. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're gone. gone. That built the entire building's gone. I'm pretty sure. Wow. You look it up, but Rest they had the best biscuits, man. But the but these biscuits were. Up I don't there. think I ever had the biscuits. Really, there. really good, uh, and the bacon was fucking crispy, the way you want it. Ugh. We were right there. There was a, t- a CRT TV way across from us at the, end of the, the other end of the bar that was showing Bob Ross. And then the griddle was just an open air griddle mm-hmm. right there, like at the other end of the bar. And we were just on the corner of the bar, hanging out, having some coffee. 
Those mugs are so cool. I love those mugs. The right. Uptown Sports Club. So FY Ranch 616 is still there. I think maybe you're thinking of Lonesome Dove. No, I was thinking of Ranch 616, but they are still there? Yeah. And they're open? Yeah. They're really? Open today. They're open right now. What's the address? Uh, it is... 616. <laughs> uh, 616 Nueces. Wow, I really thought that place was gone. Dude, let's go to Ranch 616 okay. and get the biscuits sometime. They're okay. so well, fucking go, good. Have, have you ever been there, Eric? No. They have, I love their sign out front. It's been a few years since I've eaten there, but they've got like a giant, it looks like a giant rattlesnake. Yeah. Like curved out in front. But don't oh. let that stop you from eating there. The food's still really a good. A coral snake? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the food is really good. There. I don't know why. I haven't been there in a while. Maybe since I mean, like I, since the pandemic. Like, I just haven't <laughs> gone back. Yes, I haven't been there because I thought it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I read an article about how it was going to yeah. be bulldozed well, years ago, like, and then there are 30 new buildings in that area, and I thought it just got bulldozed. Yeah. Do they have coffee? I, I've uh, only ever been there for dinner. Restaurant. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. It's not, I wouldn't think it would be an Anma type place. Hmm. Well, let's just go then. Yeah, we'll just go for lunch. Okay. Yeah, they don't open till eleven. So. Oh, easy. Let's just go in. anyway. Um, so we went. I got the coffee, just regular black coffee. Uh, Gus got the hot americano. You got the iced coffee, Jeff. Uh, what did you guys think of the coffee? Coffee was fine. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like the best cup of coffee I've ever had, mm -hmm. but it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was just like totally a good americano, mm -hmm. solid. It's really good. My, my coffee was like an, a, a solid nine. Yeah, it's my, up there in the upper echelon so, of iced coffee. So it goes, eight is fine. And then like upper echelon is nine. Yeah, I would say upper echelon is nine. Jesus. I'm uh, not going to let this go. I will. This is great. This is like the beginning of Face Jam. This is fantastic. Uh, this <laughs> nine is like out of 10 is an A. It yeah. was an A coffee. <laughs> uh, I would give the coffee a nine out of 10. It was a fantastic cup of coffee. Yeah. It had so much flavor and was just so... Oh, it was it was like the perfect temperature where it was not killing me on the first sip by burning mm. my mouth, mm. and then just oh man, it sang. I, I loved it. For me, it was very comparable to Radio East. I'm gonna give it the, the okay. same rating. It was like an eight. It was like mm -hmm. I said, it's a good cup of coffee. I think I was just throwing off. It, it's unfair to them that the breakfast sandwich was so good. Yeah, because I was like, I don't give a fuck <laughs> about my coffee now. I just want to eat this sandwich for the rest of my life. I would say that coffee is up there with like. What was that Tiger place we went to? El Tigre? Yeah. El Tigre, All Gimmicks, Desnudo. Yeah. It was like in the same it, vein. Mm. It was in the, the same level as those. This is me. a very, very good cup of coffee. I, I really did enjoy it. And I want to go back just you for should, that. If you're in town, you should go there for breakfast. I don't know. Yeah. I, obviously, I don't know anything. I've never eaten any of other stuff, but they only so have the breakfast sandwich we're talking about, biscuit and jam, and like. There was one other thing. One banana. Other thing? It was banana nut bread. Bana oh, banana, bread. Yeah. banana bread. So if, the, if that sounds like what you want for breakfast, cool. If it doesn't, they got a full ass menu for lunch and dinner. Yeah, you better come back around eleven. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was it was really good. Highly recommend it. And just gorgeous, like very bright, it was so cool, very green, tons of uh, foliage in there, and just foliage. very meticulous. It foliage, Lisa, <laughs> foliage. Uh, what season is that? Oh, that's like seven, six. I don't remember. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Fuck, I gotta look it up. Uh, <laughs> well, he's on like 34, so you know it's tough to go back that it far. It is hard to look, to look back that far. But it's just like, it's one of those places where you could walk in and you could be like, I am in New Orleans in 1945. It's definitely. Or I'm in Austin in 2024. Yeah, it, it definitely has that like kind of throwback vibe. Timeless feel. I, I really like the name. I really like the look. I really like the coffee. That biscuit was phenomenal. Uh, it's have, a place I'd definitely go back to. They have like a cherry slushy that's really good too. Ooh. I had that the first time I went. Season eight, episode four. Mm, close of course well that's um uptown sports club which uh we really recommend i think uh yeah we should go back for the burger though kudos to those dudes moody and franklin for figuring out how to get that building and then how to make something so awesome out of it yeah like they really did it justice um if it's clear and yellow you got juice there fella uh-huh tangy and brown you're in cider <laughs> town cider town <laughs> It's the same episode. I was watching yep. him. I was watching him work that out. I was, I was, yeah, I was like, wait, which one? Clear? <laughs> does Homer's like brain leave his body at that part I or think something? It does. And then like he just like, does he like collapse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, hey, let's get to an anarchy question. You can uh, ask us a question if you uh, send it to at Anima Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. R slash Anima Podcast is also the place on Reddit that we do not run, but you can leave a question weekly. It's where we source this stuff. Uh, this is actually from a friend of mine 
who uh, did a voice in Stinky Dragon. Uh, his name is uh, Mikey Spandex. He's a pro wrestler out of Florida. Oh. He used to work for WWE. He went back and uh, he's wrestling on the independents again, but he listens to Anma. He said that this show got him and his wife started going around. I think he lives like around Orlando and they go to a different coffee shop like every few days oh, or whatever. That's cool. I and like try that. it out and then rate it like Anma to see like these I places like that. or whatever. That's, that's awesome. really cool. Yeah. So he was like very inspired. Yeah. Uh, I by hope the show. I hope that more people are encouraged to go out and explore the coffee shops. I in think their it's town so cool. Because there's so much there. Yeah. It's so much it, fun. Like there are so many places we've been to in Austin that I never would have gone yeah, to or same. thought to check out if it wasn't for this show. Yeah. Uh, which again is a thinly veiled excuse to get together, hang out, and just have a free cup <laughs> to of coffee. To do just that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um his question is, have you ever gone to a coffee shop that you just hate, but you keep going back because you either, A, see the potential or keep getting free coffees? I had like 10 free coffee coupons <laughs> to this place that I hate so much. After like eight tries, I finally found one that I like. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I love that question. That's yeah. so good. I mean, I was pretty over the coffee nut about two weeks into moving uh, above it. Uh-huh. When we were in Buda. Yeah, yeah, there were really no other options there. Um, man, yeah. Uh, I definitely went to the hideout more than I would have just because it was downstairs and the people were really nice. Yeah, uh, there's there was there's there's definitely been like a coffee shop I've lived to I've lived close to that's like it's just proximity. Yeah. It's just convenient. Mm -hmm. I don't particularly like it, but it's there. <laughs> There's coffee shops that I live that live uh, that live close to me <laughs> that I live close to uh -huh. that I won't go to. But oh, I yeah. don't want to say what they are I because know. I've then suggested uh -huh. going there many times to uh -huh. you, and you're always like, "No, no. yep, <laughs> that's a grandma yep. coffee shop." Uh -huh. I think is what you say. Uh huh. We, we actually did go to one of the ones I don't like in an episode of Anna. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I would go to a place. I'll just name it. It doesn't matter. There's a place in San Diego that. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of. It's good. I, I I like it now. It's called Dark Horse, and I used to live right by one when I lived in a spot called Golden Hill, and I would go all the time because one of my friends was a roaster there, and it was walking distance to my house, and I'd go, but every time I went, it would he'd be like, oh, check, try this, and it would be a dark roast coffee, and I'd just go, oh, awesome. I know you love dark roast. Hey, oh. It tastes like cigarette ash and dark <laughs> chocolate <laughs> and so you just end up keep going and then i would there's like there was like nothing else around it so if i looked in or whatever and i saw him i'd just be like no, no. <laughs> hey what's up man hey <laughs> oh, but it was the closest coffee shop to my house so it happens sometimes it's just proximity heartbreaker yeah heartbreaker i've got a coffee maker now <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Well, do, who you have the coffee maker that has the timer, timer yeah it's great still, still working out yeah, for you absolutely great stuff it's it's the best just you don't need anything fancy just no. get one with the timer yeah fantastic just fucking got the guys wake up can smell the coffee brewing set mm -hmm. it up the night before wake up yeah. in the morning it's yeah, ready like, for uh, you. now i'm gonna get out of bed i smell that coffee. i want to go drink that coffee so uh good. one more question this is on r slash animal podcast lost my og account asks what are some of Gus and Jeff's most prominent influences, comedic or otherwise? I figured just a little bit of a list or, or some things that popped to mind. I think, I don't know why this came up. Oh, yeah. We'll feel, um, we, we might have a lot of overlap in that. I think when I was young, the first time I was aware of like stand up and of like comedy, I think I saw Rodney Dangerfield on The Tonight <laughs> Show. Oh, wow. And I think that that really influenced me, like that whole self-deprecating, yeah. like, I'm going to make myself the joke. I know I'm a piece of shit, and I'm going to lean into that. Yeah. I think that was hugely influential for me. It's so funny you say that. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> my references are clearly Howard Stern. Yes. Yeah. Uh, most influential person in my life. Uh, David Lynch is a huge influence, but not in a, any comedic way whatsoever. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll, I'll cut any non-comedic influences. But uh, clearly... Howard Stern, followed by three individuals, Rodney Dangerfield, <laughs> Joan Rivers, uh -huh. and Don Rickles. Yeah. Those are the three comedians that most influenced me growing up. And then later in life, Norm MacDonald. But early on, it was those three. Yeah, that's like... And that's like a solid Tonight Show crew. Like, that is a solid, yeah. and that's where that's, I grew up watching, right? Yeah. And for the same thing, Rodney Dangerfield was so self-effacing and so good at making fun of himself. Don Rickles was so good at making fun of other people yeah. in, a, in a way that made you not feel bad for being made fun of. But he was so and sharp then, about it. I know. And then Joan Rivers was just so, was always the quickest person in the room. Yeah. She was always just the fastest to a joke and the, just the brightest 
person in a room. And I just, I, I really admired those three things about those yeah. three people. Yeah. Those are all like outstanding, amazing uh, examples of that. And I feel lucky that they were influences to me uh, because I, th- I feel like it would be very hard for them to be in influences to people today. Like it, enough time has passed and they're so far into the rearview mirror that, you know, there's contemporary versions of them probably that you would be into. You'd say like maybe Daniel Tosh is similar to, a, mm-hmm. I don't know, Joan Rivers. But, uh, but yeah, I really, I'm really happy that I got to experience those people at a formative age. That's cool. I think uh, kind of like reiterating what we, what we both kind of alluded to there is like, I think the Tonight Show was such a, an outlet and a way to access a lot of that, you know, pre-internet. Especially it was if you're social growing, media. Yeah. Like it was how you found out about celebrities. Right. If you're living like in a small town, you, you know, there's, if you're a kid, it's like you stay up late and you watch a Tonight Show and see, you know, what the jokes are, see who's funny. And that was really like one of the only ways you could experience it if you were in this, those kinds of situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would read People magazine or you would see celebrities or athletes on or political figures on the Tonight Show or Letterman, and that's how you would find out about who they were and what they were like. And uh, it was, I remember, like, and I think this is gone. I think this era is gone, but I know, Gus, it's the same for you. How much of your life did you spend standing perfectly still in a hallway just outside of view <laughs> of your parents and the TV, just listening to yeah. Johnny Carson and Ed McMahon or David Letterman talk to, I don't know, Terry Garr or whoever it was? Right, yeah. Ab- Harvey ab- P. Ab- Carr. Yeah, absolutely. Man, yeah. So I'm gonna say also the Tonight Show. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was oh, all I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Huge, huge. I influence. mean, that was definitely my access to a lot of those people. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's great. Uh, so How about you, Eric? My influences uh, comedically, though. It's a stern, mm. definitely. Um, just the like the gaggle of sort of people. His ability and, to yeah to corral and manage a circus. I think yeah. that that is an influence for like podcasting yeah for, yeah for me like i was never i never really listened to a ton of sure. stern i was never like the biggest stern fan but i when i would listen i was always in admiration of how he could run that show and like corral it and like have a keep focus the, and keep the it. train on the tracks yeah, yeah. yeah. it's um, nobody else can do it like him there was a group in the 2010s that had a show on ifc and now they split off and they're doing other things called the birthday boys that Bob Odenkirk uh, did stuff with and produced. Hmm. And um, they are all writers on ever, like all like these different TV shows. They have a podcast called um, The Sloppy Boys. There's a podcast another guy's on called Doughboys. And there's just all like the birthday boys are a huge influence on me. And that's even a little bit later in life, but it just steered so much of what I enjoy comedically. Honestly, a lot of my comedy influences from early 2000s Comedy Central reruns of like Dr. Katz mm-hmm. and uh, all of the premium blend. Here's a gag. We're just going to show you stand half yeah. hours yeah. that have three comedians in them. Everyone's doing a killer eight minutes, eight minutes, like eight minutes, eight minutes of Patrice yep. O'Neill. And it, then yeah. I think that that was a Craig huge influence on my generation, like as a whole. I think this predate this obviously predates mm-hmm. that. But um, Jeff, did you ever watch Stand Up Spotlight on VH1? Probably. It was like uh, a Rosie. O- it was. It was yeah. in my mind. It was very similar to Premium Blend. It was like Rosie O'Donnell hosted comedy show where yeah. they would have just like a bunch of different comics come out for thirty minutes and do yeah. like sets, and it was like another another way to to watch comedy when you're mm-hmm. too young to go to a club. Yeah. It, it doesn't sound familiar, but I'm sure I probably caught it. Yeah. Uh, Kids in the Hall is the first one mm. that uh, I'll mm. always point to and say like, oh, that was the first thing that I thought was, it made me feel smart for getting the joke mm-hmm. because it was definitely way older than I was when I watched it in 1998 or whatever, like reruns on Comedy Central. There, There's this sketch that to this day kills me if I think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean I also loved Kids in the Hall growing mm-hmm. up. And by the way, if you ever wanna if you ever want to read a really depressing and sad story, oh. read about them. Yep. Read about Scott and all of them and yep. everything that he went through mm-hmm. being a gay man in comedy in the eighties and how they got ripped off, how they never yep. saw a fucking 
dime yeah. off those reruns from Comedy Central. They never made a cent off of it. Wow. It's fucking criminal. Yep. Same same thing happened to the Three Stooges, by the way. Yeah. Way earlier. But if you ever want to read just a heartbreaking tale of success, read about the Three Stooges mm-hmm. or Kids in the Hall. But there is a sketch that to this day, I'll think about it on my deathbed probably. It's one of those ones that sticks with me kind of like they're in space where it's uh, Dave Foley and I don't remember, I think maybe Scott. I don't remember who was the other person, but they, sitting at a uh, like a cafe talking about like, oh, what'd you watch last night? The yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a mortician. Yeah, so stabbing him and in the chest, going, "You need a mortician. <laughs> yeah. You need a mortician." It's him and Ke- it's uh, Dave and Kevin. Yeah, I think, and that's a fucking great. Oh, he's that, like oh. Dave's like, <laughs> try, try, Kevin's trying to explain a movie he saw last night, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you saw." Star Wars. I think it's Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. He's like, no, no, there was like a sled, Rosebud, the Rosebud, and he's like, Citizen Kane. And it's clearly, and he keeps saying, no, 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 and eventually Dave just loses and starts stabbing him to death. And he's like, I need a, I need it. He's like, you need a mortician. You need a mortician. The thing I remember from that is that Dave saying that the cute age poorly and then looking at him now and going like, oh yeah, that's that's so funny. Do you watch all the all the new seasons that they've put out? The only thing I didn't like about it is that it wasn't in front of an audience. I thought all of the sketches were really good. I don't think there was. I don't think they really had like a bad sketch there, but the energy wasn't there because it was a single camera filmed in somewhere like a what like if you film that in front of an audience and you do it on a stage, it has a way better. Totally different. Energy. Mm-hmm. I also saw them live in like 2010, 2011. How maybe? was it? Fucking awesome. I bet. They were so cutting edge and like they were fucking going for it. They gave a shit and you could see and it was so much fun. I loved it. I love yeah. Kids in the Hall. So that's definitely like a number one for me. Brain Candy is one of my favorite movies it's, of uh, all time. It, I never saw it. Are you serious? Yeah, it, oh, stummies? Yeah. Oh, dude. If you hear them talk about it now, they just go like, why did we make this? It's <laughs> so <laughs> it's, good. Uh, it's, such, it's, it's fucking weird. It's so fucking out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce McCullough's Danza character is so oh, fucking great. Awesome. So awesome. great. Uh, he's still doing like a lot of comedy stuff in Canada. I follow him on TikTok. He's uh, great. Good good dude. Funny. Uh, all f- incredibly hilarious people. They're awesome. They're all great. Uh, but that'll do it for Anma. Uh, at Anima Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, uh, r slash Anima Podcast is where you can uh, leave us questions as well on the subreddit we don't run. But, but you can go to anarchymeanything.com. You can listen <laughs> to this week's episode. It'll be all the way at the bottom, right under our guest book that you can sign. And then maybe there's a link to the store yeah, on the website. Maybe, but there's definitely a link to watch a trailer I, for election if I you want to see that. I need to uh, get our. Uh, Visitor counter working before I get oh, a, yeah. a link to the store going. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is good. Let us, let us know if you want to jo- join our web ring. <laughs> i got to get a web ring going. Uh, but that'll do it. Uh, any uh, final thoughts, parting words for the folks at home? Um, uh, help me figure out my CGI bin. There you go. Help him figure out his CGI bin. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>